Welcome to the Iowa Employment Policy Department's new podcast series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, The Future of Work. I'm your host, Tom Netter, and today we'll be discussing the impact of digitalization and technology before and during the COVID-19 pandemic on the future of work in the areas of informal employment and public employment services. We'll be looking at how the growing trends of increasing digitalization and use of new technologies have pushed employment policies in new directions worldwide. Consider the case of workers transitioning from informal to formal employment and the concept of what's called e-formality. And discuss the digital and technical evolution in public employment services that match workers with jobs, help employers find the workers they need, and play a critical role in supporting a post-COVID jobs recovery and other labor market disruptions. Here with me today to explain the opportunities and also the challenges that are emerging in this relatively new digital and technical world are two ILO Employment Policy Department experts. Vicki Lunn, Technical and Program Officer in the Transitions to Formality Unit, and Michael Mwasekakata, Head of the Labor Market Services for Transitions Unit. Vicki, Michael, welcome to the program. My first question is for Vicki. Can you provide an update on developments in the move to e-formality and how increases in digitalization of the labor market may challenge the notion of decent work as informal employment increases? And also, how many workers are we talking about anyway? Thank you, Tom. We are talking about 2 billion people in the informal economy, representing more than 60% of the world's employed population. These workers face different consequences including lack of social protection. That means they have no access to pension and are not entitled to paid sick leave. Lack of rights of work, such as freedom of association and right of collective bargaining, and also lack of decent work conditions, including safe workplaces in compliance with occupational safety and health. And when we talk about e-formality, it refers to applying digital technologies to support policy design and implementation or supporting transition to formality. And technology can support um, transition to formality through three drivers, including creating formal employment, um, formalizing informal workers and enterprises in their current situation, or we can call it institute uh, formalization, and also preventing informalization of the labor market. But on the other hand, um, this new business model within the digital economy, including platform work, uh, creates new forms of informality when existing uh, labor law and regulations are not able to catch up with the evolving uh, labor market and also provide um, guidance for enterprises and workers to follow. Thanks very much, Vicky, for that answer. Now, has there been a knock-on effect from the COVID-19 pandemic to the digitalization process impacting informal employment and e-formality? And two years on, are we seeing a recovery in these areas? So recovery is uneven across the world. For example, 70% of the jobs generated from mid-2020 to the first quarter of 2021 in Latin America are informal employment. Uh, on the other hand, the positive um, effect is um, seeing the benefits of being formal during the crisis. There is a call for accelerating transition to formality and e-formalization uh, becomes part of the solution. 
And many governments uh, now accelerate the adoption of digitalization to facilitate the disbursement of cash payments, uh, also health and safety information for informal workers. Thanks. Well, that's very interesting. Um, so what are some of the trends in design and implementation of policies for e-formalization leading to positive outcomes for informal workers? And can digitalization help meet this and other development policy challenges? So in developed countries, the priority is to prevent informalization of the labor market. Um, digitalization can help uh, support labor inspection through data matching uh, to detect new type of informality and non-compliance issues. For example, companies declared less employees and associated taxation and social security contribution compared to the similar size of their counterparts. And also we have seen that highly digitalized government shows resilience with strong governance during the crisis because they are less affected as many public services are already online and continue during the crisis. And in developing countries, um, their priorities are to reach out and formalize um, informal workers. In terms of policy design, we've seen that um, governments uh, use uh, satellite images, big data mining, or um, uh, machine learning to identify informal sector households in some uh, extremely poor areas for social protection support. And then uh, for implementing those policies, uh, government um, also can provide a timely transfer of social assistance uh, through digital payment. Then in terms of uh, digitalization to overcome uh, development policy challenges, there are three main issues um, uh, we have to keep in mind. Uh, first, uh, digitalization needs to be managed and guided. Um, with the objective that uh, e-formalization considers transition to formality as the means to provide decent work for workers in the informal economy. And also, um, transition to formality needs to be an integral uh, goal of the COVID-19 crisis recovery efforts. And second, um, to maximize the benefit of e-formalization, um, we have to develop coordinated uh, strategies with the right mix of economic and institutional policies uh, which are appropriate to each national context. And also local uh, authorities can play a role in implementing those policies. And then lastly, uh, we have to engage uh, government representatives, employers and workers in a tripartite social dialogue, especially um, uh, those informal workers because they know their own problems and concerns the best. Their voice uh, needs to be heard. So thank you. Vicky, thank you for sharing those insights with us. Now, I'd like to ask Michael to talk about digitalization, technology, and public employment services. Michael, how are public employment services adopting technology in the delivery of services in both developed and developing countries? And what are some of the benefits as well as challenges that are emerging? Thanks, Tom. As you are aware, digitalization is one of the mega trends that drive the future of work and is characterized by a pace of change and technology adoption much faster than ever before. Digitalization can be both a threat to public employment services or pace and private employment agencies, or it can also be an opportunity for improved service delivery. And therefore, if public employment services do not adapt, 
chances are that they may become redundant. Nevertheless, they serve a particular function in the labor market, that of ensuring inclusive labor market policies and services. PACE and the other traditional employment service providers needed to adapt to serve their clients better and help them navigate the ever-changing labor market. In this respect, technology is an invaluable tool that public employment services will have to adopt and use. But I'll come back to this later. The fear that PACE and other traditional employment services would be overtaken by digital labor platforms and intermediation have largely been alleviated, though still on the cards. Although these platforms are gaining ground, public and private employment services have adapted quickly by embracing digitalization in the design and delivery of services, but also as they serve a particular niche of labor market clients. In 2020, the IRO conducted a global survey in collaboration with our partners, such as the World Association of Public Employment Services, covering 69 public employment services in 64 countries. The main findings of the survey uh, were, was that uh, all public employment services are adopting digital service delivery, although at very different levels and, and pace, according to their level of development, the cultural norms of societies and capabilities of base and other institutions. Second, public employment services in advanced countries that tend to be more mature, have better capacity and digital infrastructure, have adopted more complete digital service provision, including use of artificial intelligence and competency-based matching. This has been accelerated by the imperatives of the COVID-19 pandemic. Third, and contrary to expectations, is an interesting finding which shows that face-to-face -face delivery of employment services is not going away, certainly not anytime soon. The reason is that employment services are supposed to respond to the needs of clients, and there will always be clients that are behind in terms of access to digital technology or the skills to effectively use it. Indeed, the survey found that 28% of base had adopted predominantly technology-based service delivery, 52% had a varied mixture of both traditional and tech-based, while a significant 20% had predominantly face-to-face -face delivery models. This included highly developed countries such as Australia. The IROS policy message to all public employment services and policymakers in this respect is that while technology is a great and probably inevitable asset for improving safe delivery and can help developing countries to leapfrog their services, it is always important to be realistic and choose a strategy and technology level that match with the level of digital infrastructure. And also, it is important to understand the capabilities of the public employment services and also the population in terms of access and also the digital infrastructure that is available to them. A clear and effective strategy, therefore, needs to be put in place to help those that either do not have access to services or lack the necessary skills. As we have seen already, a mixture of service delivery channel is always recommended. We have published recently a report on, on, on the survey, which is called the Technology Adoption in Public Employment Services, Catching Up with the Future, which can be found on our website. 
Okay, Michael, thank you very much for that. Now, how can the growing application of digital technologies better diagnose and service the specific needs of certain groups, such as young people, ethnic minorities, people with disabilities, and others that need it most? And how can we address the barriers they face and ensure that they aren't left behind by the side effects of adopting new technologies? Tom, this is a very important question. Public employment services exist to ensure labor market equity and inclusiveness. New technologies provide an opportunity to improve efficiency and effectiveness of services, customizing services to the needs of the clients, improving outreach to un- or underserved groups and geographical regions, enhance collaboration with other providers, as well as ensure better and more accessible labor market information, including the capacity to analyze huge amounts of data. Now, the relevance of employment services institutions in this fast-changing world of work is measured and also lies in ensuring that clients are at the center of any service design and delivery mechanism. Employment services need effective tools for diagnosing the needs, aspirations, and barriers to employment integration, which may go beyond skills-related challenges to include social barriers. In the context of shrinking budgets and government policies to reduce spending, it is important that PACE are able to profile their clients as accurately as possible and segment their service delivery in such a way that more resources are provided to those that need them most. Digitalization improves the design and application of profiling and segmentation tools so that job seekers can be segmented into those who are job ready and therefore can use self-service facilities or those who have minor barriers and therefore can use assisted services and those with complicated barriers that may need intensive support, including collaboration with social service providers. In the same vein, the ease of connection and generation and use of labor market information, digitalization improves program monitoring and coordination with other service providers, as well as delivery of services such as training, for example, online training, which improves access and outreach to people that would not otherwise be able to commute to pace centers. Nevertheless, as mentioned before, care must be taken to ensure that technology does not increase inequality in access and use of services for these groups. In general, the disadvantaged groups are also the ones with poor access to digital facilities and infrastructure, and they have low digital skills. Thanks, Michael. So how can we make sure we have the normative framework to make employment services and agencies more efficient and consistent? Michael, you're launching a new campaign to promote the ratification of the ILO Employment Service Convention Number 88 and the Private Employment Agencies Convention Number 181. Why is it important that these conventions be ratified? Employment services have proved their value around the world in connecting job seekers with employers, retaining jobs, supporting enterprises, facilitating recruitment, growing the workforce, and strengthening national economies. And today, they can help countries respond to economic crisis and adopt a human-centered job-rich recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. 
Today, employment services are provided by an ecosystem of actors involving public employment services and private employment agencies, both for profit and not for profit. This state of affairs is a result of a steady evolution in thinking and policy at the global level, with a view to balancing government's role in saving those in most need and vulnerable and hence susceptible to abuse in the labor market on the one hand, and the need for a well-functioning labor market that is agile and responsive to the fast changes in business demands. Convention 88 provides a framework for provision of public employment services in collaboration with other actors, while Convention number 181 recognizes the role of private employment agencies in the provision of labor market services, promotes cooperation and collaboration with public employment services, and delineates the necessary steps and measures to ensure that workers are protected from exploitation and abuse. It also levels the playing field for private employment agencies by preventing or minimizing the proliferation of rogue private agencies that undercut ethical businesses. Together, the two conventions provide a normative framework and a powerful base for an ecosystem of employment services provision, including publicly funded employment services that is customized to the needs of clients in varying situations as they navigate and adapt to the fast-paced changes in labor markets. Michael, Vicky, many thanks to both of you for offering your expertise on these issues. From better use of data to more effective service design and accessibility, digitalization and the introduction of new technologies have had a huge impact on employment policies and, in the process, economic and social development. What's more, these trends have been important to forging a recovery from the devastating impact of the COVID pandemic on the world of work. Tech has ushered in many new developments that can be beneficial, but sometimes challenging, and our experts have made clear that despite its positive effects, many barriers remain to be overcome. We've seen the trends, and our increasingly digital world is evolving fast. Let's see if we can really catch up with the future. I'm Tom Netter, and you've been listening to the new ILO podcast series, Global Challenges, Global Solutions, The Future of Work. For more information, go to www.ilo.org employment. But for now, thank you for your time.